Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Uwe Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, Sound- here we go. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Matthew Pollard. How are you doing, Matthew? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> I'm doing terrific. Thank you, firstly, for, for having me on. And I'm actually located in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, though my accent perhaps uh, doesn't give that give that away, but we l- luckily live in this very great multicultural world these days. Absolutely. Didn't give it away, <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> Known as the rapid growth guy, Matthew Pollard is responsible for five multi-million dollar business success stories. Today, Forbes calls him the real deal. Global Gurus lists him as a top 30 sales professional and Selling Power Magazine just named him their 2023 sales kickoff speaker of the year. Congratulations. Thank so you. he's also the founder of the introvertu.com and the best-selling author of the Introverts Edge book series, which has sold over 100,000 copies and been translated into 15 languages. Only 15? I must say, <laughs> I think your mission, Matthew, to make your dream business no longer just a dream. I think it's just remarkable. Again, very thankful I can talk to you today, Matthew. Well, I'm ecstatic to be here. And at least one of those languages is German, which we were laughing about beforehand, right? So I've got the most important language. So everything else is okay. Okay. You, you, you got yourself out of this. So that's good. We got it covered. <laughs> I love it. So let's dive right in. So who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, my ideal client, funnily enough, I started by just helping introverted business coaches because the truth is that I I believe there's something heroic about a person with enough talent, skill, and belief in themselves to start a business of their own. And what I find is that introverts more specifically, and don't get me wrong, some extroverts struggle to sell themselves as well, especially if they're selling themselves as a service provider. But what I find is a lot of introverts, because they believe they don't have gift of gab, and because they struggle with a lot of the bulldog techniques that you know I struggle with myself, they tend to get stuck in this endless hamster wheel of struggling to find interested people, trying to set themselves apart, trying to make the sale, and really feeling like people don't respect them enough to pay them what they're worth. And so, you know, because I've been able to be successful in creating my own rapid growth success stories and helping so many others, I made the decision that that's where I really want to focus my attention. So it's the introverted service-based business owner. And while my strategies work more broadly, they have specific needs. And the biggest one is believing they can succeed, which is the Mm -hmm. first and most important milestone. Can you, can you share uh, some typical situations an uh, introvert finds himself in? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we can cover a couple. Um, podcast interviews like this would be one of them. I mean, if you heard my first podcast interview, well, actually, you can go back. Uh, School for Startups, podcast radio. My gosh, he asked me one question. I answered it for the entire interview. And <laughs> so, you know, without planning and preparation, we're really bad at interviews. And while I hope everyone sees me as uh, or hears me as articulate and you know clear and straight to the point, Without planning and preparation, I'm very, very different. And I'm all ums and ahs sometimes. And it's same from stage. Like people will say, I never hear you say an um and ah on stage. There's no way you're an introvert. And I'm like, 
well, that's planning, preparation, practice that gets me there. But I think for the average introvert service-based business owner that's listening to this, there are a couple of things. One is that they really struggle to articulate the value of what they do when somebody's politely listening, you know, they'll respond with it's complicated, or I'm an accountant, or, you know, I'm a ghostwriter. And, you know, people are like, Oh, I want that. How much do you cost? Or, Oh, I've already got that. or I've got no interest. They, they, they find themselves in this bucket that they can't get out of. And they're like, why do people not see my amazing uniqueness? And then even if they do get an appointment, how do they actually get somebody to pay them what they're worth? And what I find is we just end up, well, introverts tend to end up with really bad customers that treat them poorly, that don't pay them what they're worth. And they end up resenting what they what they were born to do purely because they haven't focused on the three things that I find outside their functional skill that they're usually amazing at that will really allow them to build a business that revolves around them, their family, and their life, not the other way around. Well, thank you for sharing and, and opening our horizon and our view to, to that uh, topic because I think I feel there are more introverts uh, in this world uh, than we just see right away, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot of people that we were talking about this just off show. I think yeah. the reason for that is firstly, people think about introversion as like a disease, like they're second class mm -hmm. citizens. And, and that's not true. Their path to success is just different. But the horrible thing is that if you were, and, you know, I have to say the world's come a long way, especially, in, you know, when you think about women's rights, religious rights, uh, people from different countries respecting each other. And it's, it's great that we're all starting to move forward. But in all of those disciplines, or I should say in all those categories, when somebody succeeds, everybody else that's part of that group or that club looks at that person and says, wow, that South African did that, or that woman did that. When somebody's an introvert that excels, usually what happens is everybody projects extroversion upon them. Even if they don't outwardly say they're an extrovert, oh, it's easy for you. You're lucky. You're gifted. Well, that's not true. I mean, if you think about things like small talk, like, well, we all know introverts can't do that. Well, hang on a second. David Letterman and Oprah Winfrey are introverts, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're good at it. And then we're like, okay, we can't sell. But Zig Ziglar, the most well-known sales trainer on the planet, is an introvert. And then, okay, yeah, but we definitely can't network. Well, Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI, the world's largest networking group in the world, is an introvert. So what excuse do you really have? And the answer is that we've all bought into this fake story, this fake news that we can't succeed. And whenever mm. somebody does succeed, because of the lack of education, and I will, I will blame the researchers on this, we've made it too complicated. The truth is introversion is just where you draw your energy from. If you draw your energy by being for, by yourself, you're an introvert. You can't change that, by the way. You can't become extroverted. And what happens is a lot of people, because of that, it was funny, when I spoke at AISP Leadership Summit, which is a organized, basically the senior leadership of every major sales organization, the big, biggest, brightest, and the best. And I did this survey beforehand, and I asked them the simple question, are you an introvert or you're an extrovert? It should have been introvert, extrovert. It should be a two-answer question. Wow, there were some complex answers. Like, oh, I was introverted, but don't worry, I'm extroverted now. Like, why would I worry? And how did you change? And even on the other side, oh, I was extroverted, but since COVID, I find myself being more introverted. Well, yeah, okay, there's behavioralisms and there's a lot of reasons around that, but you can't change who you are. And I think mm. that this lack of understanding at a senior level is because we're not talking about it. And truthfully, mm. why would you ever admit in an organization that you're an introvert when you know that that's going to typecast you to never getting into leadership? And, and, and so you're going to lie even on the survey questions if you're asked to fill out a personality profile because the last thing you want to do is be said, oh, you know, Poor Matthew, he, he can't sell, he's, he's an introvert, or he can't lead because he's an introvert. Why would, I mean, mm. why would you ever do that? Mm. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. So thank you for even expanding on, on that view uh, from, a, uh, from a business, but also societal uh, perspective. So the last time I checked, we're all humans, right? So what are common mistakes <laughs> your clients typically make when trying to solve these challenges? I think the biggest mistake is trying to be extroverted. I mean, the, the yeah. fact is, and you know, it, it's interesting. I always will say like a lot of extroverts are starting to become more understanding that, that perhaps, you know, this is, I don't want to be perceived as extroverted bashing here because we all have our burdens to bear. And a lot of, a lot of extroverts struggle with things like active listening and they struggle with empathy. And these are things that, empath uh, that introverts have as natural abilities. I mean, we have them in spades. The difference is that an extrovert believes that they can learn those skills and it's proven. I mean, there's a great book by Daniel Goleman that talks about these skills are, are learnable through coaching. And if they work for a large global organization, well, then the organization's HR manager will say, you know, Trevor over there or Sarah, they're not that empathetic. Let's put them through a class to help them learn how to do that to become a better manager. The difference is for, for introverts that they believe that they can't. And that's really the, the biggest hurdle. So you know, I mean, for those people that are listening, I mean, I, I probably, if you're an introvert saying, okay, yeah, all right, I get it. But, you know, there's no proof that introverts can transform. I mean, I was, I had a reading speed of a sixth grader in late high school. I got diagnosed mm -hmm. with this thing called Erlen syndrome, which basically means I could put on a funny colored pair of lenses and miraculously learn to read. But that would mean that firstly, you know, I was the kid with funny colored lenses. I had bad acne. I had braces. I mean, I struggled to talk to people, period. And I, after losing my job just before Christmas, fell into a door-to-door -door sales role. And after five days product training and not a single second of sales training, I had to go, you know, out selling door-to-door, -door, like a thousand doors on each side in this road called Sydney Road, Melbourne, Australia. My first door, of course, told me to leave politely, luckily enough, because my next door swore at me. And the door after that told me to get a real job. And I mean, this was the only job I could get. But I made a sale on my 93rd door, door and I made a decision that if I didn't want the rest of the year to be terrible, then sales had to be a system, a system that I could follow. And I actually taught myself how to sell watching YouTube videos. And I think that while, of course, I think the biggest issue for most introverts is articulating their value. When somebody asks that question in a networking event, oh, what is it you do? I always hear, oh, I'm an accountant. Well, good luck getting out of that box. Or if I said I was a sales trainer, then people are going to look at me like I'm one step above a scam artist. And or it's complicated, or I do seven things, which one do you want? And none of these are good answers. I think that is the biggest problem. Once we mm -hmm. overcome the first thing, which is believing that with a great system, we can leverage our natural strengths. And I saw so to answer your question very, very clearly, every single person's biggest issue, if you're an introvert, is believing that you have to behave extroverted to be successful because that's not true that i mean it'll feel inauthentic and it'll feel incongruent or acting like you can't do that any of those skills at all whether you behave introverted or extroverted because you believe that you just can't and if you're running your own business and that's the case or if even if you're in a career you just accepted a you know a death blow to your your success of your business or your career and so many people just stay in this I call it busy procrastination. We just do the busy work in our business or in our career, hiding away from the fact that we haven't figured out how to do these things or that we don't believe we even can. I think you're touching on a very important point here. That is, uh, you know, um, you need to, to, to develop the patience with yourself to, to some extent. So that's kind of like where I come from. So it's like, so, well, I totally agree with you. I have to be prepared. Otherwise I don't, cannot show up as prepared as I can be. 
without preparation. So that's that's for sure. But it's also the patience as you as you grow into that. Um, whatever you do, if it's on a podcast or if you show up or, or speak, so that uh, that means you have to do it over and over and be patient with yourself and just going step by step. And I think we also have that access to an understanding of our own system, which I'm, of course, considering myself a systemic thinker, is what we need in the future. So don't yeah. underestimate yourself because that is what we all need in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that one of the things, especially for introverts, it's weird. Like introverts don't want to make it about themselves, but when they market themselves, they make it all about themselves. And I see it happen all the time. Like you'll go in to a networking event and somebody will ask you, what is it that you do? And, you know, if, if I was to do it, I could say I'm a sales trainer and now they're looking at me like I'm a scam artist and they'll be like explaining why they're an introvert and now they can't learn. And I'm like, well, hang on, you're my ideal client. Now I'm fighting with them. Or I say, oh, I'm in marketing and they look at me like I'm just a commodity and they're like, oh, I need marketing. How much do you cost? Well, I respond with I'm the rapid growth guy. And this is what I call a unified message. And especially mm. if you've been interested rather than interesting, then somebody firstly, it's, it's an amazing science behind this, but firstly, they feel like they want to know more for two reasons. They want to know more because they can't put you in a box and our brains are designed to disqualify you or include you. But what is the rapid growth guy? What is the China success coach? What is the mission maven, right? These are all mission. These are all unified messages that separate you. And then when somebody responds, I mean, what's that elevator pitch? I, I mean, I hate elevator pitches. They're all so transactional, but what is it? It's, I do this for this group of people, even if they have this common issue, right? So I'm a sales and marketing trainer for small business owners, even if they're introverted and believe they can't sell. Yuck. Mm. Sounds so transactional and so just tacky. I just, I can't do that stuff. So I had to think of how to do it differently. And what I realized is number one rule of sales, number one rule of networking, number one rule of anything really, don't make it about you. And I'll, I'm going to make fun of myself in a second because I make this mistake myself all the time. But you get somebody that's introverted, doesn't want to make it about themselves, so they either do aimless networking, which is the, where they just, oh, my day job is. Well, good luck with that, right? Now, if you don't sound like you enjoy it, why would they hire you? Or they respond with that elevator pitch. I respond with, well, one of the things I love to see more than anything in the world is an amazing introverted service provider with enough talent, skill, and belief in themselves to start a business of their own. But what I find, I just hate seeing this is they get stuck in this endless hamster wheel of struggling to find interested people, trying to set themselves apart. You're really trying to make the sale, but feeling like people only care about one thing, price. Do you know anyone like that? Well, if I've planned and prepared, which also includes researching the, the group that I'm going to network with and researching the people that are going, which if you don't know how to do that, I mean, even meetup groups have all the profiles. I go profile shopping. I go to networking events where it feels like I'm literally having a whole bunch of pre-planned meetings because they are. So I know they're the right person, which is why they respond in the affirmative. And then I say, well, you know, I'm on a mission to help these introverts realize they really can have a rapid growth business, but not by getting better at their functional skill. They're usually amazing at that, but instead by just focusing on three things outside the scope of their functional skill that allow them to build a business around them, their family, and their life, not the other way around. And then I'll get into a story and the story will explain what I do. Why? Because you'll notice I actually didn't even mention what I did. Why? Because nobody cares. It's not about you. You can't. You need to first tell people why you care about them and the impact you want to make. So the reason why I like this framework is it's what I love to see happen in the world. What I hate seeing happen to them, it's not about me. And avoiding, I mean, people don't care if you're saying this pen, if I put this pen on your desk, 
you're going to have a rapid growth business. I would never move that pen. Right? They don't care what you do until you show that you care about them. And funnily enough, when I started speaking from stage, I made this same mistake. I thought that people needed to know how amazing I was before they listened to me. So I started sharing my biography beforehand, right? So I'd start sharing my personal story first. And I remember it was this guy, Tom Singer. He said, Matt, you've got all these stories about all these people you've helped, like, and all your own successes. Like, I could never compete with someone like you, except for the fact I hated you in the first 10 minutes of hearing you speak, because you said the word I 73 times. I just hated you as a person. He said, if you grabbed your story and moved it to th the third story you told instead of the first and used it as an opportunity to bring yourself down a peg, show that photo of you with bad acne at your sister's wedding and let people laugh at you for a second and then move on, everybody would believe that you could help them and people would listen because you didn't make it about yourself. So you can make this mistake a thousand times in a thousand different places. But if you keep embracing the rule, it's not about you and you keep talking about your passion for serving others, well, we introverts love to serve others. And truthfully, the definition of sales, if we come down to it, actually was derived closer to where you live, actually, the Scandinavian term to serve. Yet mm. all of a sudden, it's been taken over by daughter or salespeople and you know snake oil salespeople, and it's been destroyed. If you truly want to serve your clients, the best way to do it is to get them out of their way, out of their own mm. way. And if you truly want to help people in a networking room, if you can truly help them, it's about getting them to understand that you care and you've had other people get to positive results, helping them believe that success is possible for them. Wonderful. I just made a uh, hundred mental notes <laughs> while you were talking. <laughs> so before I ask Matthew, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something here to our audience. If you are enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So. Matthew, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think for those people that are, that are listening to this that run their own business, I feel that the best action is one, one of two things. One is that if you've got leads coming in, but you're not closing them, I would recommend the one action be that you go to the introvertsedge.com and my publisher hates me when I say this. You don't need to buy my book. And by the way, it's you can go actually to the German version of the introvertsedge.com and actually download it there as well. But the first chapter will help you look at what you currently say in the sales process. Well, firstly, it'll help you believe that you can sell as an introvert, and then it will give you a seven-step process. Now, if you do nothing more than grab what you currently say and try and fit it into that, you'll quickly realize that there are some things that don't fit. That's usually the jargon. And you, truthfully, you shouldn't be saying that to customers. Throw it out. Then you'll realize there's some things out of order, which is why price comes up too quickly. And then you'll realize there's some gaping holes. Fix that. You'll double your sales in the next 60 days. And the first chapter will, will help you do that. If you want to create your version of the Rapid Growth Guide, the China Success Coach, so that you don't need to introduce yourself as an attorney or as a, as a sales trainer. If you want that, then I would suggest going to matthewpollard.com forward slash growth. And there you'll be able to you know, create your own version of the China Success Coach or Rapid Growth Guy, as well as discover your niche of willing to buy clients, which is critical because you can't speak to everyone. It's speaking to no one. Now, if you're a career professional and you're listening to this and you just want to be inspired to, to network and to be see yourself as not a second-class citizen and actually create a networking process, then go to the introvert's edge to networking.com and then you can download the first chapter of that book too. Fantastic, of course. Thank you for sharing all these uh, wonderful <laughs> nuggets <laughs> and treasures. So, of course, we put everything in the show notes. So, Matthew, what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience? You know, I, I think that for me, the biggest question that most people 
should ask for themselves is when did I decide that I couldn't achieve success? And I think that that question and then what did I do to get beyond that is probably the mm -hmm. best question you could have asked me. And, and the reason I'll say that is I get asked all the time, you know, why didn't I just submit to Gift of Gab like everybody else? And I think the answer and I, one of the, the things I say often is the adversities that we face see the success of our future. And I honestly believe that getting diagnosed with Erlen syndrome, which was misdiagnosed as dys dyslexia, me, my mother actually being unrelenting at finding the answer that allowed me the opportunity to learn to read. Like I couldn't read like everyone else straight away, but I could learn the, I, I could have the opportunity was the biggest thing that ever happened to me in my life. Because what, what I learned is everybody believes something until they find other, until they find evidence to the contrary. And we all tell mm. ourselves, and funny enough, you know, you, you mentioned at the beginning, I'm, I just got listed as sales kickoff speaker of the year for Selling Power Magazine. And what I teach is storytelling. And, you know, I speak at sales kickoffs all over the world on storytelling. I speak at organizational events across the world on storytelling. And I, of course, I, I secretly seed in my introversion story to empower introverts, but no one wants to buy that part. They want to buy, how can I, you know, shorten sales cycles, increase closure rate, grow our business, create team camaraderie. But what I find is I also see it into that. Be careful the stories you tell yourself, because if you're telling yourself these stories, the science behind this is amazing. It short circuits mm -hmm. the logical mind. You speak directly to the emotional mind, which means your brain's not looking for answers. So the first thing that I did was I think I learned at a young age that whenever, whenever hit with something that I felt was insurmountable, I would ask myself when I decided that, right? The question is, when did you decide that? I love asking my team when they give me a problem. When did you decide that was insurmountable? When did you decide that? Then asking yourself the question, if there was a solution, what would it be? Assuming total responsibility for it. Like living in the, the Henry Ford framework, if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. So believe that it's fixable. And then creating a plan and then having a willingness to take responsibility for it and doing the work. I think mm -hmm. if you were to ask me one question, it would be that. And I think everybody listening to this, and I know for myself, I still fall victim to this. And I'm sure everybody listening to this will make this mistake more than once. But today I'm taking you, I'm putting everyone on notice. Anything you're giving yourself an excuse, pick one thing, ask yourself, when did I decide that? How could I take responsibility for that problem? Assume it's my fault and assume it's fixable. And then just focus on doing the work. Now, here's funny. What's funny? If you say six things and do all six things at once, you're hiding away from the problem because you're not going to do mm. any of them. Pick one thing and knock it out of the park. Mm. Well, what you just brilliantly laid out is essentially um, what I consider my systemic coaching approach because it's essentially to asking the right questions at the right time. So this is kind mm. of like... Yes, I can totally see what you're just saying. It's like, yeah, yeah, I see when people talking and I was like, okay, when did this start? So because that is always kind of like a good starting point. So thank you, yeah. brilliantly uh, laid out to that. So we are at our final question. It's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? With my family? So I was actually, so I love waterfalls. And for me, you know, it's funny. I. One of the, the things that I find, and there's some science around waterfalls, but my wife and I were just in Quebec, uh, in Quebec, uh, and we had a, a wonderful time. And you know, I, I love history coming from Australia. We have none, right? So we have to, we have to, you know, I love being in the US for that reason. I get to embrace it. I love my time in Europe for that reason. And Quebec's just this amazing city, and we had a wonderful time. But they have this, you know, amazing waterfall um, in Quebec City, and I was, I was there with my wife, and. It's just one of those times where you get to embrace each other's 
you get to be truly present with each other without saying a word and experiencing just a natural beauty. And I mean, it was only a few months ago. So, you know, I had a, a wonderful time. It was just uh, terrific. And I, I got to, we, we then met my, my parents in um, Niagara Falls shortly afterwards. And, you know, we got to do, had that exact same uh, experience. I think for a lot of introverts, nature is really an amazing tool to recharge and you know for my wife it's funny my wife i love waterfalls my wife loves mountains so you know we got married in the highlands uh in in north carolina and they have both right so but i i just think that for for me it's that natural ability to to just feel that environment that gave me goosebumps just being there Wonderful. Well, thank you, Matthew, for this beautiful Goosebumps moment. And also thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. It was my absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Pleasure was all mine. Thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results for you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.